0: Good Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to Mortgage Matters radio show along with uh, Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Rob, well, good morning there, my friend. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, Gary. How are you doing? I'm
0: not too bad. Nice to see you. I was thinking of you recently. I was having a conversation uh, not all that long ago. I think it may have even been last weekend. Uh, They were talking about interest rates and how right now... Get in on it. It reminded me of having a conversation with you, quite frankly, because they're saying they're not gonna, they're not only gonna not be this low for much uh, for for long. They're saying it's it's they're it's gonna be on the rise sooner than you think. It, they're gonna go right back up sometime in the middle of summer. So now is the time to refinance and look at most these rates.
1: definitely. And I think everyone can relate to the fact that the prices of everything is skyrocketing: oh. real estate, gas, lumber. Groceries. Lumber. Everything is going through the roof. And what that tells us is inflation is taking hold. Uh, And inflation is the enemy of mortgages and the enemy of fixed interest rates. So as inflation goes up, the rates are absolutely going to increase. I think they're going to go up a lot quicker than people are anticipating, especially because they've been so low for so long.
0: Yeah, and that's that's where the conversation was going. They were saying it's going to go up. It's not going to be the end of the summer or into the fall. It's going to be within the next month or two. Uh, so we're talking about late spring early or, or early summer,
1: really. You know, I've never been a forecaster, and I don't have uh, ESP or any psychic abilities. Every time I try to predict interest rates, I end up being wrong. <laughs> um, nobody thought they'd be this low right now. I right. think if you go back a couple years... And forecast, many economists were saying rates would be by now four, five, six percent. Well, they did go up. They
0: did go up, and then they went right back down again.
1: But when they went up, I mean, it's relative. They didn't go up significantly compared to the you know what they were years ago.
0: You mentioned the cost of lumber um, a moment ago. How will that affect the cost of, of new homes being it's built?
1: It's significantly increasing the cost of new homes. I've had quite a few clients reach out to me that were contemplating a year or two ago talking to builders and looking at buying land and building on it. And now the property that was 400000 a year or two ago, it's now 500000 for the exact same house, no extra That's square footage. $100,000 additional. That's just one example. I mean, there are people with home improvements that were looking at projects that were 20,000 now it's 25 or 30 for the same thing. So naturally it's going to continue increasing the price of real estate, not only the new homes but also the resales, the used homes which in Connecticut we have so many, you know, of those around.
0: Yeah, so that's going to have a trickle down effect because people will end up dis- making a decision of well, do we even do that remodeling of the house do we have the new cupboards mm-hmm. you know and in, and in, in, uh, built you know do we want to do the new deck outside? it already
1: is having a big effect oh. as you see with the prices going up um so i think that'll continue and the new homes they can't build them fast enough and they're getting more and more expensive so yeah. it's it is detrimental to the home buyers as we talked about in Previous shows. Well, it's
0: good to see you here, and I hope you had a a, a great uh, week since the last time that we got together.
1: I understand. I mean, see today that you uh, brought in a guest.
0: I will give you the honors of uh, introducing him, and maybe even providing a little bit of a backstory.
1: Sure. So my guest today is Mister renee Ramos out of vernon connecticut and renee Renee is a uh real estate investor he's only 26 years old already with five units of real estate under his belt (laughs) so for up-and-comers or young entrepreneurs that want to get in the real estate game i thought he'd be great to have on um as an inspiration as a motivation and just as an idea of what could be accomplished with a little bit of perseverance and uh you know just personal confidence that you can move forward with this type of thing rob you said
0: two words that ring so true in in explaining renee's backstory you said the word inspiration you used the word motivation those are the exact words that i also would use and i can't wait for everybody to get to know him first of all renee ramos good morning welcome to the show glad to have you here we need somebody like you on these airwaves because we we need that inspiration, um, especially in knowing that it's really not as difficult as meets the eye, as we have discussed, Rob, many times over and over on the show. I've got to begin, though, Renee, by asking you probably the most obvious question. What made you want to get into uh, real estate
2: investing, um, especially at 26 Are <laughs> you 26 now or whatever it was that you took your first step? So I... I would say it's got to be a combination of two things. Um, uh, Going back into uh, high school, I've always had an interest in being an uh, entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. being my own boss. And um, I would say that definitely took part. But um, to me, the bigger factor would be the fact that I could um, create financial freedom for myself and my family through real estate investing. That's that's my drive. You see...
0: Listen, a, a lot of people would like to be an entrepreneur. That doesn't necessarily mean that they take that first step in that direction. You, however, you took that chance. What specifically though I understand you want to be an entrepreneur and, and for financial freedom. I totally get that. I owned yeah. a business myself, started when I was 18, and I yeah. sold it uh 2 years ago. Oh. But what made you hone in on real estate more specifically?
2: Real estate you know, I, I would I would have to say it'll probably be the fact um, that I can house hack. Um, basically, what does that, what does that mean? house hack. So basically, um, my first purchase was a fourplex. So basically, I got this fourplex on a FHA loan, and um, basically, I would live in one unit, and the other units would basically pay for my mortgage. So hmm. practically living for free well in that situation i was actually making money as well and living for free
0: so it wasn't just covering your monthly nut no no i you was were making, actually putting money in your
2: pocket at the same time yeah.
0: that um yeah. so how did you find this first piece of real estate
2: though? so this first piece um at the time was back in 2017 um at that time it was as simple as um having a realtor and looking on the mls but today that's kind of a whole different uh story now I don't think it's that easy to find a um multi-unit on the MLS I mean single family yeah but um multi-unit uh it's a lot harder you got to dig a lot deeper today
0: do they have MLS for commercial property for for investment properties or are they predominantly single or, or duplexes or uh... I didn't know there were four plexes on, on MLS. Is that I, true? I
1: think they can go all the way up to you know many multi-units. I don't know about commercial. I think that there's maybe a separate listing service for commercial. Like th- so this doesn't buildings. fall the commercial. This is not. But so, an apartment in, complex uh, would. So an FHA loan or really any, even a conventional loan is considered residential and you can buy up to four units. So the minute that you go to five units or more. Okay. With very few exceptions, it's considered... A residential property. The minute you go above that four unit, then it's commercial. Then you're not getting FHA loans. You're not getting conventional mortgages. It's a completely different ballgame. But okay. what we focus on here is these residential loans, and FHA is so common for the multifamily.
0: Sure, Renee, I didn't mean to interrupt you, uh, oh, no, but because no, no, no. I, I want to, I can't wait. I want to hear more about this. Uh, I understand your, you know, the impetus behind this for you. But what was, what was the process like for you? Is there, remember, this is your first property. I only know and just from our discussions here that the first one, I'm not going to say is difficult. I don't want to mislead anybody. I don't want to scare anybody away from it. But I think it'd be fair to say it is more challenging on your first one than it is on your subsequent ones. It's pretty much all gravy and, and easy going after that. So tell me this. Take me uh, through the process of your per, your first one. What were
2: this? What would the steps entail? So I would say the f- the first deal, um, I think, was more of a um, My nerves, my nerves. It was very hard to get the first deal going. I think I was more nervous than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, it was a big deal for me because I lived with my aunt and uncle up till 22. So I'm not only moving out for the first time, I'm buying my first investment at the same time, um, dealing with tenants for the first time. So Mm -hmm. it, it was a lot at once.
0: Were there already tenants pre-existing or did you have to go out and no. recruit tenants and find them yourself it was
2: fully rented except the unit i chose to live in so mm. i i had to deal with the whole package
0: did uh did it scare you though knowing that uh if somebody there, there's a lot of tenant rights did it, would it scare you knowing that if somebody defaulted or had a pattern of defaulting that you'd be left on the hook um and it's hard to ev- evict somebody on, on a more residential property than it is a commercial property i've been told
2: yeah that, that that played a big factor um but i i was i i wasn't gonna let it um slow me down i i i knew this is what i wanted to do i wanted to get into real estate investing and in other words i deal with it as it comes everything has problems right so sure. just got to learn how to deal with it but I, that's 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 basically how I looked at it. And you're a
0: young man. I, were, were there anybody trying to manipulate you, or, or or or? Well, he's a young kid. What does he know?
2: You know. Um, I think that played a big factor with tenants when I first right. moved in. Right. You know, they saw how young I was, and um, I think in general, even even surprisingly, even family members, like you know, mm. making a big move like that and my age, um, you you, I didn't have a lot of. People pushing me to do it. It was more of a, a, a move I made myself, you know. Yeah. So I, I took on a lot of um, a lot of uh, negative uh, things.
0: Sure, sure. Going into that from from friends, family, and even your tenants. Now that's your first property.
2: Yeah. What
0: what 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 did it take for him to qualify to be? If he's a first time buyer. He's eligible for FHA, right? Uh, so he's going to get uh, a, a low amount down because yep, it's, it's under because it's under because it's under five units. He said a fourplex. Uh, he's got to live there for at least one year. Mm-hmm. He said he did that. You can check that off. Um, is it really? Is it that easy to qualify? And I mean, he's got he's got, he's got, a, the, got the, a,
1: he's got a job. I mean, one of the great things about the FHA loan, really, just buying a multifamily in general with an FHA loan, is that you can get credit. You do get credit the rental income. So 75% of the rental income that the appraiser will note on the appraisal is given to you as the buyer as credit towards your qualification. Now, Rene was smart because he has a great, you know, very good, solid job, full-time job. And that's obviously required to get any mortgage. You need to have some sort of income coming in. So he checked that off the list. Then he added onto it the fact that there's these pre-existing tenants in there and there's good, solid market rents. Now you're able to get that four family house with the minimal down. And Renee, can you talk about where you came up with the money? Cause even three and a half percent on, you know, 200, 250,000, like that's a big nut for a lot of people. And, um, people need some ideas. Like, where do you get that money? How did you yourself come up with that? Was it just savings from work or was there other places?
2: Um, it was actually savings from work. So like I said earlier, I lived with my aunt and uncle, um, up till I was 22. Mm-hmm. So I just took advantage of that. I knew one day I have to move out, <laughs> but if I'm going to move out, I'm going to save as much money as I can because I, I want to buy. That's that's for sure.
0: And that was in 2017? I just want to make sure I have yep. my years correct. All right, so uh, then I got to ask you the, the obvious follow-up. How long did it take you to buy your second property? And what was that price uh, process like?
2: So for my second property, it took about, about a year. Um, the Still fact that I was... Uh, house hacking, um, living for free, that helped me big time to save as much money as I can. So the next property came in within a year. And um, that process was um, about the same, if anything, easier. At this time, I knew the owner of that property. So we didn't even have realtors or we didn't even have an inspection. So it went much more smooth. And um, also, we, uh, we basically did that within a... I want to say about a month. Why didn't an
0: inspection have to occur?
1: It, it's just not required. I it mean, was a
2: private sale. Yeah, it's a private yeah.
1: sale. It's not on the MLS. He knew the owner. They yeah. had you know an off-market deal. And I'm sure you knew the property. Yeah. You know, yes, and yes. Uh, I have clients all the time that either they already know the property. It's a friend. It's a family member. They've gone there or they have experience themselves in the construction or in other types of trades that give them expertise to say, you know what? I'm comfortable buying this house without an inspection. Now, for a novice buyer and your first time... Especially on older homes, I usually don't recommend that you do that without an inspection because you can get in some hot water very quick if you get a property that needs a lot of work or whatnot. But if it's again a property you're familiar with, owner you're familiar with, certain circumstances, you can mitigate that risk pretty well without an inspection. All
0: right. I want to get into the nitty-gritty of that because you did you, you still have the FHA loan with your first property, or did you did you refinance that and are and, that still the FHA? I still have FHA. Okay, yep. so then you couldn't use the FHA. For the second property. No. So therefore, you had to put more down,
2: right? Yeah. So the second property was a 5% down conventional. Okay. Yep.
0: Multifamily or-
2: Single family. Single family. And
0: you already had a tenant lined up, or was there already an existing tenant there? I
2: already had a tenant lined up.
0: Look at you. Okay. And that was a year after that. Now we're talking 2018. Meanwhile, you are now out of your aunt and uncle's house. You're living on your own in one of the units from your first property, the fourplex. You have that income from your other three tenants in that first property who are not only covering your monthly, nu- your monthly mortgage, but you're putting a few bucks in your pocket. Yep. Now you've got this second property. It's a single family. What they're paying you is... Should be at least you've got to at least cover you know the mortgage it's oh, got yeah. to make be advantageous for you, yep. but it's also got to put money in your pocket because let's face it, they're the tenant, you're the owner. You've got more responsibility. Yes. You need to upkeep, uh, up, uh, upkeep the maintenance, roofs, furnaces, things like that. Yep. I don't know about landscaping or, or shoveling or, or lawn mowing. That's that's individual that's up to you and and your negotiations with the tenant Um, but it's putting more money in your pocket so that takes us to 2018 here we are midway through 2022 you've been dormant now 2021 oh no i'm saying i'm sorry i'm 20 or we're we're halfway through 2021 what am i doing fast forwarding time (laughs) here uh we're halfway through 2021 you're right um and you've been dormant for the last few years and i know you've got to have other properties
2: uh on your horizon
0: Take us, take us to your vision.
2: So 2021. Wow. So we all know what happened with with COVID in the okay. past year and what sure. it what it did to the market, right? So basically, um I I've been pat basically since twenty eighteen, I've had this whole time that I just kept um educating myself, YouTube, podcast, anything in regards to real estate investing. I just kept trying to do some homework. And I knew I want to keep investing and I'm just trying to figure out where's the next property going to come, you know? And, um, basically with the low demands and, and the low interest rates and all this stuff playing a factor, these properties, um, their, their appreciation went up tremendously. Mm -hmm. So I knew I had an opportunity there to do a cash out refinance, but I didn't know the details. And the funny thing is that's exactly how I met Rob simply searching on YouTube, cash out refi, just trying to educate myself. And I saw a video he put out there and I knew once I saw that video and he said he was from Connecticut, I got to contact this guy cause he speaks my language.
0: So you realized that you needed a mortgage advisor to consult yes. with and take things to the next level. Yep. All right. So let's now let's bring you back in, Rob. Uh, how were you able to help Renee? With some of his questions and dilemmas. Yeah,
1: his story is, like I said earlier, very inspirational. So let me take you back. So he found me on YouTube. He reached out to me. He sent me an email around the holidays in December of 2020 and said, hey, I've got property. I'm looking to potentially refinance. What can we do here? So- he had uh, completed a questionnaire for me with all the financials of what I needed. And I ran his credit and it came back, unfortunately, too low. We couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. His credit wasn't in the point that it needed to be. So looking at thousands of credit reports and then you know constantly looking at new ones all the time. I have good knowledge and education on what needs to be done to get a credit score from point A to point B. He wasn't too far off. He was maybe 20 points, 25 points away from the minimum that it would have needed to be to get the first refinance done. So I gave him some specific instructions. We got on the phone. We talked about the plan of action, Uh, sent him an email with some specifics on what he needed to do. I think it was like pay down this credit card or that credit card, that sort of thing, just to optimize it. And then let's reconnect here in like 45 to 60 days. So then that put us in like late January or February of of 2021 here. And we went ahead and updated his credit. He said, yep, everything's done. Everything's ready to go. We updated his credit, it went up something like way more than we needed it to, I think it went up about 70 points. Wow! Okay, so once it went up 70 points, we immediately spurred into action, we ran the numbers on that refi for the uh, four unit property there in Vernon. and we had come up with some figures and we moved forward in the loan process. We got it approved. He ended up with that property after only owning it these couple of years mm-hmm. with 22,000 actually, with all is said and done about 25,000 in his pocket from that refinance, just that one refinance. So that was that. Then he had told me from the get-go about this other property. I said, let's get one out of the way. Let's get your documentation in order. Let's get it through underwriting and then I'll reuse That documentation will use the same credit report, the same pay stubs, W-2s. So it made it very easy for him because a lot of people are worried about all the paperwork involved. Mm -hmm. So we duplicated most of the paperwork from one loan to the next. So literally, he closed and funded the loan on, let's say, like a Tuesday. Wednesday, we opened up the next loan application for him, (laughs) moved everything over. We did that.
0: Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show with uh, Rob Weinberg. He can be reached. Uh, at 860 413 3938. You got to check out his website, www.robgw.com. I'm Gary Byron. Our guest this morning is, uh, on- I was going to say entrepreneur. You're more than an entrepreneur. You are a real estate mogul, uh, Renee Ramos. What advice, Renee? What advice would you give to some up and coming um, or new investors?
2: Um advice I would give new investors is is really just get started find find that first property you know i think I think that's the hardest part yeah, is starting I think so um, right and once you get started it, it it'll just start coming along you know i I became obsessed with the whole house hacking you know <laughs> and and I think that's the hardest thing and the other thing I would say is um be prepared because you're I, I'm not gonna sugarcoat you're gonna have problems right you're gonna have issues. And you got to get really good at problem solving and don't let that discourage you. You know, I, what I do is anytime that I have issues and I, I just remind myself of my goal. Why did I get into real estate, you know, and, and that'll kind of just keep driving me. But you're going to deal with issues, get good at solving them and just get started, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I like I was telling you earlier, I, I think that once you can get that first one out of the way, I know there's yep. gonna be hoops that you've gotta jump through and and you, okay. know, you 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 you're really you're getting you're being scrutinized, you're being raked over, I would yep. imagine. But once and really you articulated this just a moment ago very, very eloquently. Once you get that first one out of the way, the second, the third, the fourth, all the subsequent ones should should get easier and easier, then I guess my logical final question for you when it comes to this is what are your future plans for your real estate portfolio portfolio it's been a few years now i know covid played a factor yeah. many people yeah. lost their jobs some people had having a hard time making ends meet paying rents you yeah. know it's, it's hard to do that when you're when you're not working and you've got little income uh if any income coming in. Uh, but things we seem to be inching our way back to somewhat normalcy. Yeah. Do you have a vision? Do you have um, other aspirations when it comes to uh, residential real estate as an investment?
2: Well, to be honest, um, I, I, my next goal is is to basically get bigger, right? I, I want to jump into commercial now. Oh, know? okay, yeah. So, so, like I said, it's just that first property to get the nerves, you know, calm get get the get the experience. Now I'm ready to to. to Jump into a six-unit, eight-unit. So I'm I'm ready to go bigger.
0: Oh, so when you say commercial property, you're still talking about having uh, re- residential. Yes, right. Yes, I mean, so where people are, are are living apartments, yep.
2: small apartment. You're I not guess, talking about strip that. malls or, com- or no, or, or, no, 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 no. or, biz-
0: or businesses. Just with more units, more units. Yeah. So let me let me bring uh, Rob Weinberg back into the fold here. How does that differ? Um, I know earlier in, in this show, you mentioned up to four five, five, units, I believe.
1: Four unit is really the most on a residential okay. loan. So how it differs is I don't specialize in commercial lending. I mean, I don't. So it's a whole different ballgame, different interest rates, different loan programs, much larger down payments required. Um Usually you're going to have to be dealing with a credit union or local bank that does those sort of loans when you get into commercial. Um, there are some mortgage brokers that do that as well. But again, whole different animal, whole different ball game. Now, if someone's looking to buy, I know me and Renee talked before the show about potentially him buying his next actual house to live in right with you and your girlfriend. So, you know, that'll bring me back in the fold with that, obviously, and getting that next residential property. But the minute you go above that four unit threshold, that's where it becomes the commercial. And
0: you can't help them with that. And
1: I just, I personally don't uh, deal with financing for that myself. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be just a different process and it's going to be just like the first residential four unit that you bought. You have to get those nerves shooken out find some experts to work with on the real estate and all the different pieces of the puzzle putting them together but once you get that property then it's just going to be building that portfolio from there. Yes.
0: You know, it, to the average person who's listening to this, who's listening to your very inspirational story. Um for me, I think that's enough to motivate me, to, to, you know, to make, to take that first step. And I understand. You said it was it was nervous. You never done yeah. it. people are fearful of things they've never done before. We all are. Yeah. Uh whatever that happens to be. But what, would, what advice would you give to somebody who's listening to this right now and says, geez, I'm, I'm teetering. I want my heart is in. Yes. My mind is saying, easy. Hold your horses.
1: To I have really, really good, simple advice, which is get your finances in order, meaning reach out to somebody in the mortgage industry because you're going to have to get a mortgage unless you have a lot of money saved up and don't need a loan. Almost everyone starts out with a mortgage. So get with a mortgage advisor even just to discuss, to say, hey, here's what I've got. Here's what I'm looking to do. Where am I at in the process? How much more money do I need? What do I need to do with my credit? Just because you call a mortgage advisor doesn't mean you're buying a house next week. I usually recommend you're talking to them six to 12 months ahead of time. So even if this isn't something that's on your radar for six months, a year, couple years, Get that credit reviewed. Get your finances wow. reviewed. Get your game plan. Get your strategy. You might be ready now when you thought you weren't, or you might think you're ready, and then you're going to get that rude awakening of "Wait a second! You have to work on your credit. You case, have to do this or that."
0: Case in point with Renee, because you found you ran his credit; it, it wasn't quite up to par. You gave him instructions, and voila! Look at that. I mean, he then he was overqualified. Very
1: quickly, it didn't take long.
0: What a story! This this really is. Folks, listen, you're listening to this show for a reason. And it's wonderful when you are able to eventually move into the home of your dreams. When you're able to refinance that loan and put more money in your pocket. But it's something else when you are able to turn that money into even more money, to greater amounts of money. I would highly recommend you check out Rob Weinberg's website. It's www.RobGW.com. In fact, it may not only answer some questions that you have or have had, it'll probably spark other questions that you hadn't even thought of yet, and all the more reason to give Rob a phone call. Area code 860-413-3938. I'm going to repeat that again for you. 860-413-3938. Thirty-eight. Uh, my appreciation, of course, to Renee Ramos with that very inspirational story. For uh, Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show. Until next Saturday morning, have a good one, everybody. So long.